Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within Australian pharmacy and the associated global industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss with our guests the full scope of leadership tools that go into building the Pharmacy Leaders Toolbox for team and career success. I am your host, Chantelle Turner, pharmacist, leadership coach, and founder of Turn Pharmacy Leadership. My guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions for all your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Aerion Technologies Group. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Pharmacy View podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today, who is a community pharmacist. She's an asthma educator. She has over 30 years experience in community pharmacy, and she has developed a way to implement fee-for-service asthma and hay fever clinics. Not only has she done that in her pharmacy, she is now consulting to other pharmacies as well to help them implement and execute these programs in their stores. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the podcast, Sherry Barden. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Chantelle. I'm really pleased to be here as well. Uh, I am most excited about this podcast because I've been having lots of conversations with people about them knowing that they have to shift towards this health services mindset and they need to implement services such as hay fever and allergy clinics, but they're really struggling with the execution. So I'm really excited to pick your brains today to help our listeners. Before we get there though, I would like to know a little bit about you, your pharmacy story, and what's led you to where you are today and starting to consult to other pharmacies as well. Thanks Chantal and thanks for inviting me today. So starting way back at the start of the story, I grew up in a town near Moama, a little um, community, a farming community on a farm near Moama, New South Wales and Moama's on the border of Victoria, New South Wales, about two and a half hours immediately north of Melbourne on the Murray River. We from I did my studies there, then I went to university in Melbourne at Monash and then did my internship at the Royal Children's Hospital. That was my only stint in hospital, but from then I worked in many retail pharmacies throughout Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland uh, and always had a particular interest in the atopic conditions because my family was very atopic. So I would always be involved with the health promotion weeks for asthma week, for heart, and not only asthma week, but heart week, and, and really uh, was passionate about not only the information about the medication, but also the condition itself. And with, with the statistics around compliance and adherence and uh, poor use of technique, I just was very passionate about really improving um, patients' ability to understand their condition and their medications and why we need to um, to really understand that and um, to improve our condition. So I was always involved in those uh, in those weeks and then about five years ago I was living back here so I've done the full circle now I'm living back in Moama and working for Moama Village Pharmacy. I asked my boss if I could do the asthma educator course in in Melbourne and he said yes straight away. So I did the asthma educator course and then from there have been providing asthma education clinics within our pharmacy for the past five years. 
I we did it as a free service over those five years, and I was involved in a couple of um, asthma trials with the Woolcock Institute of Respiratory and Sleep Medicine out of Sydney, and. Then I always knew the close link between asthma and allergic rhinitis and I was invited to speak as a guest speaker at uh, the Viatris Summit in Melbourne last year at, on um, asthma, but they also invited me, they couldn't find anyone to speak on allergic rhinitis and so I, I gave the talk on, on that as well and, and that sort of stemmed my real interest and, and thought um, about providing hay fever clinics within pharmacy and it could be something very simple and effective. So therefore, um, I, we launched our hay fever clinic in pharmacy last year. I captured all the data. Um, my clinics were just, I just wanted them to be really quick and give the patient a treatment management plan and actually provide follow-up and get some data around that. So um, I gave, I, my clinic involved a one-month follow-up phone call and a four-week, sorry, a one-week follow-up phone call and a four-week follow-up phone call just to capture all that data and then um, so yeah really loved enjoyed doing that and then now it sort of led so because of the success of my hay fever and asthma clinics it sort of then made me um, think about so I've been thinking about for the last few years about how I can help other pharmacies implement these services as well and so that sort of led me to start up my own little consulting business and I'm just in the initiation I've worked with two pharmacies one virtually and one face-to-face to help them really, really help them implement these services um, and really improve, yeah, professional services are just really paramount. And the fee for service is just a new thing as well. So for five years, my service was free and my first year of my hay fever clinic was free. But now this year we've started implementing that fee for service. And I'm also on to, um, uh, I'm also on the respiratory task force, um, team and I'm also on the respiratory PSA respiratory CSI um, one of the team leaders with that as well so sort of got my hand yeah just sort of involved in a few different things and really have a passion for respiratory medicine. Incredible and it sounds like something that you picked up earlier on and you've just incrementally built upon it as your career has gone and it's really evolved to where it is today. So I'm curious, there's a few words that you said in that little um, introduction there that really sparked my interest. So you mentioned simple and effective, and you also mentioned quick as well. So as a pharmacist wanting to implement these things, these services into my community pharmacy, I'm really conscious of time. But I also really want to give something of great value to our patients as well. So what challenges did you find along the way making it tick those boxes of being simple, effective and quick, but also being something of value as well? Challenges at the start of my asthma clinics was uh, patients accepting education for free. They would only accept. Uh, they only. Well, they would only book in for my asthma clinics when they were really losing control and having a flare up. Um, it, I'd love to educate them before, like when they're well, but just that was very hard to capture them when they were well. Um, 
And so that's been a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, I love that in our community, um, that aware, that awareness of this pharmacists are so accessible. So when there's someone that has that interest in respiratory medicine, if they're losing control, they know where to go, and I can help them navigate that system, navigate the healthcare system, and provide advice there. Um, challenges with staff, I've noticed the probably the biggest challenge has been now that we're providing a fee for service. So getting that mindset shift for for staff to, to actually really be confident in that we it, it, there is a cost involved with this service. You can't just speak to the, the pharmacist for free. And, and I guess that comes back to that step where um, that with that challenge um, really within my clinics, actually getting that feedback from the customers to then give to my staff to really empower them that this is why, this is what what is involved in my clinics but this is these are the outcomes so real um patient data for them um other challenge with the challenges with my with my clinics as well i guess i i hadn't didn't really know of any other pharmacists that had done this before so it was all very new i had to be creative and i had to um you know some strategic strategic thinking so i've just sort of just gone about it myself my asthma clinics are a little bit more involved they are a 30 minute consult which is the time we allow for a meds check um, and we're very fortunate in my current pharmacy that we have two pharmacists on the floor at the, uh, not on the floor but available um, at all, all times so that and I love that um, with hay fever and asthma in that the real main trigger season is springtime and that's a time where the consultation room is is freed up a little bit we're not vaccinating for influenza so um, yeah just that time Time is obviously a challenge as well. So just keeping to time, um, the hay fever clinics are short. They can be short and quick within 15 minutes. But I believe um, now that I'm sort of starting up my own business and trying to really help other pharmacies implement their own pharmacy, their own asthma clinics, I believe that that can be even a shorter, condensed version of what I do within 15 minutes. Fantastic. So I'm going to work back up to patient experience but I want to drag you back to something that you just said before um, you said that one of the challenges was that there was a cost involved and I won't lie I thought you were going to say it's a challenge because it's a cost involved for the patient but you said the challenge is helping or having our staff feel comfortable to say that there is a fee involved with this to be speaking to the pharmacist. So when you are tapping in or helping staff to improve that mindset, embrace this mindset that there is a fee for service, uh, you mentioned patient data, but what conversations are you having with your staff about that? With... Um... So I guess the most important thing, so how to sort of um, overcome those challenges are, um, I guess, in my new pharmacies and in my current pharmacy, we want to nominate that clinic champion. So obviously the clinic, clinic champion yeah. is myself at Mama Village Pharmacy. And spend, so to overcome those challenges with staff, obviously the most important thing is communication. Um, and so spending one-on-one -on -one time with each staff member, and, I, and, and not just once, but actually even on a weekly, fortnightly basis, just to tap in to see how they're going with um, their um, with that, but and also just sort of I I, I can give you an example of um, I charged um, for my asthma clinic last week, and the patient said, "Oh, 
and I, they said, oh, um, we pay, I just paid $300 to get my car serviced yesterday. This is nothing for the advice that you've just given me. And I've never sat down and spoken to someone about my asthma before like I just did with you. I, you know, that fee is not a problem at all. Um, it was very well worth it. So I need to provide that back to my staff. And, and so that's what I'm continuously doing to really make them feel comfortable in that space. So it's just always a work in progress to get them comfortable, give them that feedback um, so that they will become. And and obviously with the, the challenges to industry at the moment with the 60-day dispensing, it's becoming um, a topic of conversation. Um, and so we're, we're just sort of, I just encourage pharmacies to, to take that step or to just even, you know, just start low, just even start with a sm small price. But one of the pharmacies I did work with, the hay fever clinics, they, they even felt uncomfortable. The pharmacist said, I just feel uncomfortable charging a fee for service. And I said, well, you don't, if you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to do it to start with us. And we came up with the idea that for the month of September, they would just advertise, we're now offering a hay fever clinic, it's free for the month of September. Then they would get. Then they would gain the confidence, um, some feedback, and then moving forward, then they can decide. And, and they thought that they would charge a smaller fee than what I would than what I was charging. So you just have to sort of modify it to your own pharmacy, whether or not you have the time to to do that follow up phone call, which I think is really important. Or you might do it as a SMS text or message, or you might get one of your staff members to do it. But that just really helps with those challenges, just to capture all that data and really then. Um, you know, we always have case studies, but if they're real case studies and they're lived experiences, then I think your, your staff will really um, embrace that and, and, and be, yeah, I'm hoping that with time, that confidence will be there just to say we, we have a clinic and um, this, is the, this is the fee. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm hearing there is it starts, it's almost, it's a cyclical process. So we've got the data and this evidence that it is proving effective, but it comes back to those people skills. You've said, you know, a clinic champion, um, which, you know, we always need our change leader. And then also communication. So you said one-on-one, -on -one, and it's not about a conversation once. It's not about having a staff meeting and saying, hey, we're rolling out a hay fever clinic, and then expecting everyone to be on board. But you said one-on-one -on -one conversation and regular conversation uh, as well. And I am assuming here that by having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, you'll be able to pick up on where people's pain points might be or where their bottlenecks might be in their thought process or whether it's maybe in the process as well and that would help you to tailor the the conversation around what they need as opposed to taking a broad brush approach and hoping that something sticks mm. yeah so <laughs> moving on We've spoken about, you know, some challenges around the mindset of the the team and implementing the service. Uh, and you spoke about the benefit of being able to be flexible around the service delivery. I'm also curious to know, um, for those pharmacies that might be a little bit on the fence about implementing these services. What are some of the other benefits, um, apart from patient outcomes, that you've found in teams that have been able to engage in something that's a little bit of a stretch for them? 
Yeah, there's lots of little things. Like I love um, how the promotion of our clinics and the community awareness, and it might be just writing on our A-frame whiteboard out the front. It might be our social media um, the word of mouth through the community that um, if someone's suffering, it's like, hey, my, my village pharmacy has a hay fever clinic. And so our, our, our team are hearing that. Um, and every time I do have a clinic, I ask, how did you hear about our clinic? Um, so it's sort of the marketing, the promotions, the education, um, the confidence. Um, you know, you're getting new customers to your pharmacy. That's number one. So they're hearing in the community that Marble Village Pharmacy's got the hay fever clinic. So they're coming to your store. They're, um, so you're getting new loyalty sign ups. So you're getting new customers. Um, that we're, you're getting the confidence in your team. It's very empowering. So yeah, there's lots of little things that just really um, come of it. And and I guess another pharmacy I spoke to about providing my service. They said that they sort of are very interested in that space, and they're like. Yeah, that sounds really exciting for our team. Just a, to apart from just from that day to day grind, we feel that we're in at the moment. Coming into spring, coming into hay fever, it's warmer weather. Like, let's provide this new professional service and let's set us apart from um, our competitors. So, obviously, I've always had this thought um, because you know, with discount pharmacy, but I know obviously some of you are my listeners. But um, I just. Yeah, just being that that real professional service is really important to me, and I know it is a lot of it is to a lot of your listeners as well. And and again, having that time to do that, it, it just really it does step you away from that grind that day to day grind. But and to really have that connection, that relationship with your team and your patients is is very very powerful. And it's why you go to work to really um you know get up in the morning to, and to enjoy what you're doing as well is is really important, very powerful. So Sherry, I'm curious to know, imagine we've got a pharmacist. I know, I know we are going to have lots of pharmacists out there that want to implement an allergy and or hay fever and asthma clinic in their pharmacies. What steps or what things do they need to do to start this process rolling? What are the key pieces of the puzzle? Good question. Uh, I would start with your banner groups and do they provide any uh, resources or information to help you? For the hay fever clinics, uh, Viatrice and the Woolcock Institute have um, created hay fever um, clinic packs and information for you which are, are really great. Um, for asthma clinics, Asthma Australia, the National Asthma Council have got amazing resources that can help you. Um, and then if all that, if, um, the, and if, you know, you, if you're then looking for something else or more help with implementing these services is where I can come in. So you can, um, I can help you with that. Uh, I think if you can also try and, um, with the hay fever clinics, um, the, the clinics being a 15 minute consultation, uh, what we say to the patients is uh, we're going to give you a treatment management plan and I recommend the ASCIA uh, treatment management plan and it's it's wonderful. So that's ex essentially what you're doing for that patient in those 15 minutes, um, initially capturing um, their history, making sure it's the correct diagnosis and then writing up the treatment plan for them. And basically we want them to, to have that real understanding of the different nasal spray classes, um, how the medication works, um, if we're stepping them to up to an intranasal corticosteroid, 
We want them to use it continuously and we want correct technique and we want to do the loading dose for the first um, couple of weeks where we need to keep using the um, intranasal antihistamine or the oral antihistamine. So all those little tips and then looking at their eye symptoms, looking if there's any breathing um, symptoms. So we're looking at eye, nasal and um, lungs. Um, so we're, we're also having that conversation about that thunderstorm asthma risk. Um, I'm giving them information about apps that are um, really beneficial to use um, at each step along the way. And I think at the four-week follow-up phone call, if we're not getting the the really um, the the um, outcomes that we're after, that's when that referral back to the GP and, and consideration for immunotherapy. So that's just a little insight into the hay fever clinic. In the asthma clinics, like I said, mine are about ha half an hour with all, with my asthma educator and pharmacist, um, and then time allows for that. But with um, I sort of with working with the pharmacy this week, I was thinking, how can they implement just even a quick fifteen minute. Um, clinic for asthma and I believe any pharmacist could do that and that would be as simple as um, having the National Asthma Council um, medication chart in front of you, um, all the medicines for asthma, um, just making sure that the device is suitable for them, that they're using that their adherence is spot on, um, that their technique is spot on and that they know asthma first aid. So it could be as simple as those four things in your clinic. Um, and um, and and refer and do they have an asthma action plan? And if they don't, refer them on. So, uh, and and I guess you're also in within those clinics. You're also thinking about cross referrals to other services within your pharmacy. So, for example, we have yeah. um, sleep studies um, in our pharmacy. So I'm all, always screening for. Um, obstructive sleep apnea and with um you know there's the you know you you've, there's obviously some patients there's some overlap there um we're also screening um for meds checks so can these patients do they qualify for a meds check so it might be they're here today for the asthma mm -hmm. clinic but can i get them back in a week for a meds check so i get that that follow-up is in that particular way so there's lots of different ways of doing it and i'm just giving i'm just giving you all those ideas today ah uh. There's so many good ideas and I can see people hitting the rewind button and taking all notes on those <laughs> ones as well. So no, they're fantastic. Sherry, that is a lot of fantastic information there that I'm sure people are going to go back and listen to and uh, take notes on again. I'm curious now, as the leader or the store champion who's going to be implementing this, what can we do to help our teams get on board and engage with this health service and help in its execution? In the ideal world, uh, in the ideal pharmacy, I um, would recommend um, capturing or asking for the patient's consent if a pharmacy staff can sit in with the clinic champion and listen to a clinic. I think that's very powerful. So I've done that in my own store and I've also done that in um, the store I was educating last week and this week and coaching. So, um, and that not only applied to the pharmacists, but also the pharmacy assistants that are selling the products, listening to the patients. Um, so I think, you know, in the ideal world, that would be great if you can, if you can um, get the patient's consent to invite them in on a clinic and have a listen. Um, just that transparency so everyone can see what's going on. So I think that's really um, powerful as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. 
if we actually look at one of the key drivers of psychological safety, it's certainty. And so the more we can help our staff understand and really feel comfortable with what is going on, how it's going to be rolled out, what conversations are going to be had, they feel more certain about how it is going to be rolled out to the patient so they can speak about it more confidently and they don't feel like they're going into a conversation unequipped and when we feel like that um, and I'm sure that you've probably felt this way too Sherry that um, it can make you feel a bit uncomfortable and if we really want our staff to help to engage with these health services we really need to be able to upskill them and give them the information that they they require to be able to communicate that effectively with our our patients as well. And I so, think, uh, like, there was a study okay. done in, can I, if I can, if I please, can speak there, um, there was a study, a study done in um, Australian pharmacies that shows with allergic rhinitis and hay fever, hay fever, that most pharmacy, most patients self-select. So 70 to 80% of patients self-select um, and only 15% choose the right medication for them so the information um, and one in five Australians suffer from allergic rhinitis and that became really important during COVID as well we didn't want to be sneezing and um, you know in public and blowing our nose Um, so I think and when we when our when our when our staff are educated and upskilled and and informed then the confidence comes and and I hear my staff um, Educating patients, just um, being able to switch them to a nasal spray for improved effectiveness of their control, but also the techniques. So I'm hearing because they're so used to hear, you know, the importance of correct technique even with a nasal spray. They've all they're all nailing it right now, and and that's within Mymore Village Pharmacy and. Um, and the patients, you know, they have good conversations. They're like, they're really appreciative of you telling them how to use a nasal spray properly. And they're like, oh, is that why I always can taste it? And, you know, it's not working as effective. And Or is that why I get nosebleeds all the time because I'm snorting it too hard? So it's just those little tiny conversations that are um, can make a huge change in a patient's life. Because we have to remember at the end of the day, Allergic rhinitis and asthma really affect a patient's quality of life and um, sometimes they're p- poor perceivers of control but at the same time, and that's where if we just spend that little bit more time one-on-one with them and even our staff just in one-on-one conversations on the floor is really important. But if I just can quickly talk about my last hay fever clinic referral um, just a few days ago, um, the patient came into my pharmacy assistant and was just visually couldn't speak a sentence without sneezing, runny nose. And, and it's sort of, it's good for your pharmacy staff to sort of say, oh, look, we have a hay fever clinic and the pharmacist might be able to see you now if, if, if you're interested. And, the, and she was like, yes, please. So um, it's sort of, it gives that staff just that referral, you know, they feel really, they are quite confident and just sort of, you know, if they're not sure where to go, rather than would you like to speak to the pharmacist, we've got a hay fever clinic, would you like to book in and the pharmacist may be able to see you now. So, you know, that's not the same with, you know, in, in, all the time, but it is actually just another consideration or another referral pathway for the patient. So, which is really, really great too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it really is stamping um, it very clearly to our patients, um, the value, the value of our service 
as well, uh, which is going to be more and more of a conversation, I think, as we continue towards the Eighth Community Pharmacy Agreement, but that's another conversation for another day. So we've covered a lot of ground and what I've heard through all of this, Sherry, is first and foremost, without doubt, your passion around implementing these services and that it is absolutely doable and really looked for from our patient base. I've heard that it's really important that we engage our team and we can do that through conversations, uh, not just one-off, but ongoing, uh, and also increasing the transparency of the process around being able to let them in and see what it looks like. Uh, you've also really touched on process as well, um, having it simple, effective, uh, quick where possible, even though your asthma clinics have... Um, have a longer time frame uh, and that's going to take some planning and that's where you're coming in helping with uh, people to implement this through your consulting and coaching in pharmacies uh, you've also mentioned that there's lots of good resources out there already so what I'm hearing in all of this is that you don't need to reinvent the wheel there's lots of information out there and there's people like yourself that are really willing and ready to support people to um implement these services so having that store champion and that leader in the team is really really important that's going to help to really act as I guess a central hub for the pharmacy to be able to execute this more broadly I want to know leaving now I ask all of my my podcast guests this question if you're building a leadership toolbox I'm building a leader's toolbox and if we're talking about developing or executing health services what's the one tool you would put into this leader's toolbox that would help people to execute these services moving forward It's a great question and I, um, you're right and it's very difficult because you could put so many tools in and um, I actually asked my sons and one of my sons said a drill <laughs> because they can put all the pieces together and make it very cohesive so that's sort of you know like the team, the community and everyone you know and I thought that was very clever. Um, I was thinking of it more from a... Um, so the, the one word for me would be empathy. I would put empathy in there. And the ability to understand and share the feelings of another is so important. And that, you know, we've spoken a lot today about team and we've spoken a lot about patience and that empathy. And I, I know all you pharmacists out there are, are really good at that. So I think we just need to share that and um, live that and, and yeah, um, yeah, I just, you know, would like to just give you that really, that feedback and that advice. Ah, beautiful. And I couldn't agree more, and particularly what you've been talking today about 
developing and implementing these health services, we really do need empathy for our patients as we always do and the challenges that they're being faced with through their conditions, but also empathy for our team because what we're really asking in a lot of cases is a big stretch. It gets us outside of our comfort zone and that can be challenging and it can sometimes cause some emotions that may not have us behave in the best way sometimes when we are challenged so I think being able to see this from their perspective and put yourself in their shoes and support them along the way to gain the skills the awareness and the communication skills and the confidence that they need is um is a beautiful thing Mm. Thank you so much today, Sherry. It has been truly a pleasure and I know that it will have been really beneficial and useful for our listeners who are considering developing and implementing a allergy or an asthma service, but this information can really be extrapolated to any other service that wants to be placed into a pharmacy as well. So thank you so much for being here. I look forward to watching your journey and seeing your positive energy ripple out and seeing allergy and asthma clinics pop up all over the country. Well, yeah, very exciting. I'm just in the um, process of um, uh, I've actually got my brand name, and so you'll uh, that will come out very soon um, for my uh, for my business. And I, but if you'd like to contact me further, um, if you have any further questions or uh, would be interested in me helping your pharmacy in the implementation, uh, you can contact me on Consulting at gmail.com. And Cherie is spelled S-H-E-R-R-I, Barden, as you can see on the screen, B-A-R-D-E-N, consulting at gmail.com. And Chantelle, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And thank you again, once again, for inviting me to talk today. And and I wish every pharmacy that's listening all the very best um, in providing some key professional services. Um, Yeah. Take that deep dive. It's really rewarding, really rewarding. um, And you can do it. Fantastic. On that energetic end, I think that is a fantastic to finish today's episode. Thank you so much, Sherry. I look forward to seeing where you head in the future. Thanks, Chantelle. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment if you found this episode of value or have feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast mediums. And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier who would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete an inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I am your host, Chantelle Turner, pharmacist, leadership coach, and founder of Turn Pharmacy Leadership. And on behalf of Shopfront Solutions and Arion Technologies, thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.